0: everybody we are glad that you're here uh, thank you for being with us here in the auditorium and thank you uh, for being here and thank you for watching online we appreciate that so much I'm as happy as a old hound dog on the front porch in the sunshine uh, love it here and uh, you are a great encouragement uh, hopefully you have your notebook with you there sitting in your pew back in front of you get your notebook out we're up to story number 156 and if you don't have story 156 it's on uh, the uh, podiums to my right or to my left and to my right and you can pick those up from those podiums as you come in or as you leave. we're up to story number 156 Before we get to story 156, uh, I want to mention once again, I'm excited about coming up. What's coming up this fall, and that is a study of Genesis. We're calling it Genesis New Beginnings. And it's going to be a very different look at the book of Genesis. And I think you're going to like it. Uh, I really believe you will. Uh, So we'll start that as soon as we finish uh, the story of the final week and the ascension of Jesus back to heaven. Now, we're up to story number 156, and I need to talk a little bit about this sign. If you go into the city of Jerusalem, you're going to notice a lot of things. And one of the things you'll notice is this sign, Via Della Rosa, Via Della Rosa. Means by the way of sorrow, by the way of pain. This is what they say is the path that Jesus took going from where he was flogged to the cross. What do they get right with that path? And what do they get wrong? With that path? Well, first off, when you go into the city of Jerusalem, you're going to see people like this. In fact, you're going to probably see several folks like this, groups of people, and they're carrying a cross. Let's first talk about what they get right. What do they get right? Hey, Scott, what they get right is they got the city right. It's in Jerusalem. So they have the right city. What else do they get right? Well, they get their destination probably right. Uh, There's two possible places, very likely places for the cross, and they go to the one that's most likely, so they get that right. What else do they get right? Answer, very little. Very little. Drew, did you see some folks like this? On your trip, okay, you always, I mean, every trip I've made, I've always seen, you know, at least one group like this. Okay, what do they get wrong? Well, first off, look at the cross. Jesus didn't carry anything like that. In a few moments, we'll talk about what he really carried, but he probably did not carry anything like that. That's not the cross that he carried. Also, when you go on the Via della Rosa, when you go on the Via della Rosa, uh, they're going to go and take you to all these uh, so called stations. You see all these red dots? These are the stations, okay? Uh, and the first one is here at the start. They get the start place wrong. Probably not where they have it starting. That's not where Jesus was. And they have him going through all these uh, stations. And they said, "Well, here's where they got Simon to carry the cross, and here's where he talked to the women. And here's where this happened." We have zero evidence that those places was where it took place. In fact, the path itself is wrong. Okay, so since the path is wrong, the stations are wrong. So when you talk about the Via De La Rosa, they get the city right, and they probably get the destination right. And everything else is wrong. Tonight, we are talking about the path to the cross. Study number 156 is the path to the cross. Where did Jesus start from? And where is he going? OK? As we've already talked about, Where was the praetorium? The praetorium is any place where the Roman official is residing. Jim, it could be a tent out in the battlefield. That's a praetorium. Or it could be a palace. In the city of Jerusalem, what was the very best house available? Herod the Great's old palace. By far, that was the swankiest, the nicest, and the plushiest Place to be found The likelihood of Pilate Taken up in the Antonio Fortress A very windy, cold, damp Aging fortress Is very unlikely He would go to someplace like that Okay I mean Okay Pilate, let's put it in modern day words Pilate can either Stay at a Hilton Or he could stay at a Motel 6 Which one is he going to stay at? Okay, he's going to say the Hilton, not the Hotel 6. So Jesus is at Herod's palace. He goes over to Herod's, uh, Oedipus's palace. This is the Hasmonean palace. He is uh, on trial with Herod, goes back. He, as we already studied, he is given the sentence they would be crucified. He goes from. Herod's palace. He goes to Golgotha Golgotha is either right here Or it's right here This is the more likely place This is the place where the Via Della Rosa Takes you by the way This is the more likely place right here This is now the church of the Holy Sepulcher And that is where Jesus More likely was brought And put on a cross Right there Now Let's talk about the way to Golgotha And what I want to do What I want to do is I've been cherry picking the different uh, accounts uh, Maybe Matthew had a little bit more to say about it So I'd read Matthew And maybe this over here would have uh, Maybe John would had a little bit more about this I'd read John Starting with this, I want to read every one of them Okay, I don't want to uh, pass up any and i like to have four guys to volunteer. i like to have one guy to volunteer to read Matthew. Who do I have to volunteer? Ed, you're standing up. Volunteer right there. Okay, Ed volunteered. He was standing up. Uh, volunteer for Mark. Volunteer for Mark. Uh, Drew, I, 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 saw you, I saw you blink, okay? So you volunteered. Uh, and uh, Luke, Luke, Luke. Okay, Don, are you going to have Luke? And then John, okay, John over here, John will read John. Now, let's look at these readings. And after we read them, I'm going to pull out two or three interesting facts about each one. Let's begin in Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. And I want to back up, Ed, let's back up to verse 27. Let's get a good running start. You know, sometimes you need a good running start. So Ed, stand up, read verse 27 through
1: verse
0: 34. Matthew chapter 27, Matthew chapter 27, and let's start with verse 27. Matthew 27 and start with 27.
1: Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the Prentorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and then a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, king of Jews, they said. They spat on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again after they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him.
0: Notice, who's involved? Look at verse 27. The whole garrison. We're talking about a large number of Of soldiers picking on one man a large group of soldiers picking on one man notice what they do notice go down to verse number 29 a crown of thorns we do not know what kind of thorns were used okay but we do know what thorns were readily available the most common. And the most common thorns that they could use there in Jerusalem were thorns that grew about an inch and a half to two and a half inches. These are not the little thorns you might find on a rose bush. Oh no, I mean that just kind of you know, scratches your skin. These are little daggers. Have you ever? <laughs> You know, cut your head, or maybe scrape your head, or or hit your head. You know, and and the blood just just gushes down your head. There there there's so many uh, capillaries close to the surface that if you hit, you know, you're just going to bleed. You can imagine thorns, an inch and a half to two and a half inches, and they're putting it down on the head of our Lord. In the Jewish culture, one of the worst things you could do to a person was spit at them. Okay? You, that, that's just something you didn't do. They, 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 they looked at that as being a, a tremendous insult, that you would actually spit on me. They spit on Jesus. They, they spit on our Lord. You know, I remember my mother... My mother was more country than me, okay? She was really country. And she said, you know, when I read about the way that they treated my Lord, I just want to slap him silly. Okay, if you heard that expression, just slap someone silly. That's what the soldiers were doing. That's what the soldiers were doing. Let's go now to Mark. Drew, we're going to be reading Mark. Mark chapter 15. And um, let's begin in verse 20 and go through verse 23.
1: And when they had mocked him, they took the purple and put his own on him and led him out to crucify him. Okay, stop right there for a moment. They mock,
0: they mock him. They mock him. They're making fun of our Lord. In a few moments because the distance the distance from The palace to Golgotha is not a long, that's not a long distance. You can easily walk it, I mean, you can easily walk it in 10 minutes. Even going down the little tiny streets, you can easily walk it in 10, 12 minutes. So Jesus is minutes away from the cross, and they're mocking him. And remember one of the things they're going to do when they get to the cross? They're going to offer him wine mixed with gall. They're mocking him because those soldiers who made fun of him, hurt him, are not going to help him by giving him a sedative. They give him that wine mixed with, you know, they want to see him, you know, they want to laugh at him, they want to make fun of him. Continue on. Stop right there, stop right there Alexander and Rufus Okay Mark, why would you mention this? Because the other writers just say Simon of Cyrene Now Cyrene is Northern Africa Okay, that's Northern Africa So originally Simon is from that area Why mention Alexander and Rufus? Jim, for just a moment, turn to Romans 16, 13 Turn to Romans 16, 13 Now remember, the book of Mark Who's the audience? Who is Mark writing to? He's writing to the Roman Empire Christians in the Roman Empire Primarily Christians in Rome Romans 16, 13 Jim, would you please stand and read that? Romans 16, 13. Okay, Romans 16, 13. Greet Rufus. Who's Rufus? Rufus is not a common name in the New Testament. We find it here in Mark. More likely, that's the same Rufus because that's not a common name. Here, Paul is greeting Rufus at Rome. He ends up a Christian in Rome. I think we see his daddy right here carrying the cross. Let's continue on, Drew. And they brought
1: him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh
0: to drink, but he did not take it. Yeah, they're going to give him that wine uh, mixed with myrrh or gall. You know, hey, see if he get, drinks, he'll you know, kind of make fun of me. He'll go like this and oh, we'll have another laugh at his expense. Jesus would not drink. He's not going to give them another opportunity to make fun of him. They go to Golgotha, place of the skull. Golgotha in Latin, that's where we get the word Calvary. You've heard the word Calvary. We get it from the Latin Word meaning Golgotha. Luke. Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. This is a little bit longer one here. Verse 26.
1: And does the follows us and like do the hills cover us for they do these things in a green tree or if they do these things in a green tree what shall be done in the dry? and there were all
0: Did you notice that? Jesus issues his last warning about the fall of Jerusalem, which will take place in A.D. 70. And he's speaking to the women that are gathering. You know, you can, you can imagine these streets, Drew, correct me if I'm wrong, the streets are tiny, right? The streets are real tiny, okay? And there's women, there's people lining up on the side there. And he sees these women, and he loves them. He loves their heart. He loves their faith. And he speaks one last warning to them. Out of all four gospel writers, Luke has more about women than all the other three combined. Luke tells us a lot about the women who believed in Jesus these women some of these women are going to be with him at the cross where where are the other ten now John's there Judas we know what happened to him but where's the other ten they're hiding they're scaredy cats afraid they're not there John 19. John, you get off easy. Just two verses. John 19, verse 16 and 17.
1: Then delivered to him, therefore, unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha.
0: Golgotha. <clears throat> what is Jesus carrying? Like most crucifixion victims, Rome had a pattern. They had a pattern that worked, and they weren't going to change it. Now, their pattern was, how do we create the most fear? How do we create the most dread? How do we create the scariest situation we can create? To keep these people in line, what they would do, Let's say this table is Golgotha. Just pretend for a moment with me that this table over here is Golgotha. Golgotha had the vertical part of the cross. There always. It was stuck in the ground. It was firmly entrenched in the ground. There'd be several of them. They always would pick, as, as you noticed when we showed you the map, did you notice the gate close to where Golgotha is located it's close to a major gate close to a major road in fact golgotha has got two roads coming together right there in a major intersection they would leave the vertical the vertical was called the stipes they leave that there because remember remember the 12 stones that the children of israel left when they crossed the Jordan River and they left those twelve stones there to be a memorial so that children would say what is that daddy what's that mommy well that's a reminder of when we crossed the Jordan well the stipes on Calvary that's a reminder for every Jewish man every Jewish woman every Jewish child that walked in that gate well uh oh I'm going through the gate well uh oh you see what that is that's the stipes these were substantial pieces of wood, and what they would do is they would carve a little notch on the top. So imagine, uh, um, imagine like Lincoln logs. Ever played with Lincoln logs? Okay, it's like got a little notch on the top, okay? The thing that Jesus is carrying is that word right there. The patabulum, he's carrying the cross beam. The cross is not a little t, the cross is a capital T. Now, in a moment I'll explain about the sign. Okay, I'll explain how the sign works. The cross is a capital T, not a little t. The patabulum sits on top of the stipes. And what they do with the patabulum is they carve out a hole. They carve out a hole. The hole matches the little notch thing on top here that they carved and it fits together, kind of like Lincoln logs. That's what Jesus is probably carrying. He's not carrying a full cross. First off, He's beaten... You know, the Jews had a rule 40 stripes save one. They only would punish someone with 39 stripes because if you go to 40 stripes, 40 lashes, you could be punished. So they would stop at 39. Rome had no limit. Rome would keep on beating until the soldiers got tired of beating. Prisoners would be beaten. Half to death. And can you imagine beating half to death and trying to drag a full cross, a you know, full cross on your back? No, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. They would latch with ropes the petabulum on the back of the prisoner, and he would carry it like this. He's carrying it like this. Even with that, even with Jesus only carrying half of the cross. He can't make it, because they had beat him so severely. So they get Simon of Cyrene to press into service. Now, we don't know about Simon. We lose track of him. We think that his son is a leading Christian there in Rome. Romans 16, verse 13. What about the title board? Well, a centurion would be in charge of the little group of soldiers. He would march ahead of the procession and he would grab an assistant. He would grab somebody out of the crowd. He would grab some Jew out of the crowd say, you're going you're to carry this. And he would carry the titulus. It was a sign. Usually it's a flat board with a parchment put on, on the front of it. And on that parchment would be the crime the person committed. Insurrectionist. Murderer. What's it going to be on Jesus? Tidalus. King of the Jews. We'll talk more about that in just a moment and why why Pilate did that. So Jesus is carrying. The crossbeam. He falls, can't carry it anymore. It looks like they get Simon to carry it the rest of the way. When they would, when they would get to the destination, they had a ritual. Now, as we've already mentioned, along the way, Jesus issues another warning, uh, warning to those women about the fall of Jerusalem. Jesus is going to be there with two robbers. The third robber was supposed to be Barabbas. What does the name Barabbas mean? It means son of a father. So the son of the father replaced the son of a father. Their destination is Golgotha. When they would get to the destination, we have some pretty good history here. We have several historians that write and tell us what they would do. When they'd get to the destination, if the prisoner was able to carry his cross to the destination, some could, some could not, what they would do is they would kick the prisoner down, okay, and he would fall on the ground. Remember, he's tied ropes, tied the the patabulum. His arms are immobilized with the ropes. They would take the nails. We talk about the nail prints in the hand. Actually, the nail print would have been right about there. It's just a little bit below the hand. They call it the hand, but if you put it in the hand, it's going to tear. It's not going to hold. You've got to put it in a little bit meatier part of the hand. So they drive a nail in the hand. They drive a nail in the hand, and remember, these folks are short people, not very tall. They then get two soldiers, one on each end, of the patibulum, and they pick it up. They're picking up the patibulum with the with the with the criminal attached. His hands are now nailed to that piece of wood. What they would do, the you know, you see pictures. Artists painting the picture of, of Jesus' cross and the people are looking up. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's not the way the Romans did it. They didn't, they didn't want you to have to look up because you might miss something. They want you to see everything. They would lift up the patabulum just above their heads. The two soldiers, one on each end. They would guide it over the stipe, line it up, and then it would just fall into place. Now they got to nail the legs. Two ways to nail the legs. You cross and put a nail through both, or we've actually found this, uh, with, uh, uh, we found uh, bones in ossuaries where this was the way they did it. Uh, they couldn't get the nail out, so they just buried the guy with the, with the piece of wood and the nail still there. They would put, here's the piece of wood, and he would kind of straddle it. Okay, they would move the leg so it's on each side of the stipe, and nail it. The cross was designed to create the most pain. Because as a prisoner would be there on the cross, he would literally be drowning in his own body fluids so he would try to you know he would try to to push up to he could breathe in you know try to breathe in air because there is something about the human body where you want to keep on living so a prisoner would kind of push up you know kind of he's like this and he would try to push up to so he could breathe and he could breathe for a second or two But then the pain would be so much that he would collapse again. And he would be drowning in his own body fluids. Crucifixions were done by the Romans to create the most fear. People didn't want to be crucified. It's the worst kind of death. Now, as we've already mentioned, there's two suggested sites of Golgotha. One being Gordon's Calvary, that was on the top part of that map. Uh, that's on the northern side, outside the Damascus Gate. Second suggestion, one that's probably more likely, is uh, the Church of the Holy Sepulcher. Uh, both sites are fairly close, about a third of a mile apart. Uh, they offer Jesus Gaul. Now, let's make some connections here. Let's go back for just a moment Let's go back for just a moment here, because we missed one. Did you see that thing about Genesis there? Genesis 22? What is Genesis 22? Genesis 22 is the story of Abraham offering Isaac on the sacrifice, on the altar. Who carried the wood for the sacrifice? Verse 6, the Son did. The son of Abraham carried it, and the son of Abraham, Jesus, carried it. Now, let's go back to where we are. Let's make a connection to the wine mixed with gall. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 6. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. And then, Psalm chapter 69, verse 21, They also gave me gall for my food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. So many connections. Remember a couple of classes ago, we talked about how David and Jesus were so similar, you know, both had to leave Jerusalem, both had to cross the Kidron Valley, both prayed on the Mount of Olives, both were uh, betrayed by a close friend, uh, both had those close friends to uh, commit suicide by hanging. Here we have some more connections to the Old Testament. Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament, He came to fulfill. The Old Testament let's continue on now as we said we're here at Golgotha the other Golgotha could have been up here but more likely this one right here Jesus is going to die on the cross he goes to the cross Jesus is considered to be cursed He's cursed in Roman eyes by the act of crucifixion. As a Roman citizen, you could refuse crucifixion. Now, the emperor could still order you to be crucified, okay? But as a Roman citizen, supposedly you had the right to refuse death by crucifixion. It was considered to be cursed. In Jewish eyes... Jesus is cursed by being hanged on a tree, Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 23, and by being taken outside of the city to die. If you're taken outside of the city to die, you're cursed. Leviticus 24, 14, Hebrews 13, 12, and 13. Jesus is cursed because He's hung between two criminals. Let's look at that. Isaiah Isaiah chapter 53 verse 12. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out his soul into death and he was numbered he was numbered with the transgressors Rome liked to keep their records. The Roman culture was probably the most record keeping culture that had ever come about. They liked to keep their records. At crucifixions, what they would do, <laughs> crucifixions, they would number the crucifixions. How many crucifixions were there at AD 70? 30,000 Here we have just three Just three They liked their crucifixions It created more fear You know we're, we're, we're scared Oh please be Please be merciful to us Oh Rome Why did Jesus go through all this? why did jesus put himself okay thank you so much five minutes you got thought you just got a couple more minutes to get your questions in and i will try to answer your questions um, he did all this he accepted our sins because of l-o-v-e that's it love was this something that was easy Remember, Jesus is both 100% human and he's 100% divine. Jesus felt every thorn. He felt every lash of the whip. He felt every word that was spoken against him. He felt every nail. He did that because he loves us and what is the first thing he says? now next sunday lord willing we're going to look at the seven sayings from the cross okay by the way i'll talk a little bit about why it's seven okay there's a reason why it's seven the first thing he says is father forgive them for they know not what they do my question for you is who is the day you're going to be surprised when you do some research Who is Jesus actually referring to? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Who is the them? Who is the they? We'll talk about that, Lord willing, come Sunday morning. Now, let's look at your questions. I don't have questions. I love questions. I don't have any questions. Uh, let me go ahead and tell you what we're going to do Sunday then. Let me tell you what we're going to do Sunday. On Sunday, we're going to, uh, uh, we're going to look at Jesus, the crowd around him. We're going to look at the, the people that were there, why they were there. We're going to look at what happens with one criminal. We're going to look at the seven sayings from the cross, and I'll talk about why there's seven. I'm going to give you an easy way to remember the seven saints. I'm going to give you an easy way, one word, and it will help you to remember each one of the seven saints. Okay? And then we're going to talk about the women. The women were just amazing. Only John is the only guy there, only male supporter. Ladies, You ladies come from a much stronger stock than us guys. You ladies were represented well at the cross. We'll talk about that also. I'm excited about the Genesis study. Wow. Um, I've never done anything great. This is just mediocre. The Genesis study is the best thing I've ever written in my life i'm so excited what we're going to do is i've decided originally we were supposed to go all the way through the book of acts the greatest stories and events of the bible are supposed to end with the end of acts i've decided to save acts and do it as a sermon series so we're going to do acts as a sermon series we're going to go through the start of the church we're going to get the church started acts chapter 2 and then we're going to go straight into genesis okay So we're going to cut out a little bit, okay? Because I want to get into Genesis. I'm like a little kid on December the 25th. i got to get the present open, okay? So uh, we're going to uh, skip the rest of Acts. We're going to do that as a sermon series. And we're going to get into Genesis. And we're going to have a neat little notebook that I will give you that you can put in your pew back there, or you can take it home with you. And that will be your study on Genesis. And... um, I'm excited. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, You've got one extra minute. I'm going to let you out one minute early. You are dismissed. Thank you so much.